You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, I've just had my Christmas haircut. Happy Christmas, everybody, for those who celebrate it. How are we all doing? I've got a spring in my step today because I'm finally feeling festive. Do you know what I had for lunch today? Pigs in blankets. I just did a load of them. We have a thing with my mother-in-law. She doesn't listen, so it's okay. But she's often in charge of pigs in blankets for Christmas and she never brings enough. Like she'll literally bring four for 20 people. So I did a secret order. I've done a secret order of pigs in blankets that we can have in the back stash, if you know what I mean, if she doesn't turn up with enough. So that's what I have for lunch because I've actually got so many. I was like, this is a lovely thing. I'm going to get some, um, what's it called? Is it red currant jelly? It was red in a jar. Had it with that. And, oh, it was bloody delicious. And I've got my new Christmas haircut because I went to the barber today. Now, I don't know about you. I find barbers a bit intense as an experience because it's a bit like, right, sit down, what do you you want? You know, and then they just kind of start mowing round your head and you're like, I don't really know if this is anything. But I'll take a picture for you. Hang on, let me just... Good God. I mean, it's not great. Not the haircut. Lovely guy did my hair. He was like, what grade do you want on the sides? Five, please. Don't know what that is. And then I said, just keep it long on the top. I was trying to like, how can we go minimum damage here if this doesn't go well? But it looks perfectly fine. What I will tell you, everybody, guess how long it took. I was in and out in 15 minutes. Now that is my kind of haircut. I am so into that, I can't tell you. Because I... I feel like going to the hairdressers is like going to the dentist. And that alone, chef's kiss. Now, it's the Christmas special. Uh, I'm so excited about this episode because one of the things I loved during lockdown was Hunsnet on Instagram. It was this amazing Instagram account that kind of brought together a certain kind of language and a certain kind of queer sensibility on pop culture. And it was set up by someone called Gareth House, and he is our Christmas special guest. With videos you can watch online of it, we've put it on the Instagram of us chatting. It's all we decorated the studio with Christmas decorations. I'm very proud of it, everybody. It's a lovely chat because it's you know it's interesting that Hunsnet is this kind of very irreverent, fun, silly thing, but it actually means a lot, and it's got this amazing community who are part of it, and it actually unites people with a really queer sensibility and has done a lot of wonderful things for people. And Gareth's story, we get into like Gareth's story a bit as well, and it's really, really interesting. So that's coming up. (laughs) 
we've been asking you all <laughs> the worst Christmas present you've received. And all I'm going to say is you have delivered everybody. So worst Christmas present you've ever received, we ask. Emma got a single Christmas cracker from my manager. That was my Christmas bonus. I was going to say it's not a bad present until you said it was your bonus. Alan Down Under says bedsheets. I'm not, it's not a no from me, bedsheets, actually. Freddie got a single page of random sheet music from my nan. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I've had some weird presents in my time. I So I once got a car... Uh, not a car. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Uh, like a plastic toy car, and then and I it was like airfix sort of, and then but um I opened it and started taking all the pieces out because I wanted to put it together, and right at the bottom of it was this card to the people who gave it to me saying, "Dear uh, name redacted, this should keep you out of trouble." And he'd obviously been given it by someone else, so that was funny. Um, Tag got given undies. Depends what kind of undies. Aaron got <laughs> Aaron got given a set of chopsticks, the free ones you get from the restaurant. Instagoat got a metal detector. This is not a bad present, Instagoat. I'd love a metal detector. Imagine the hours of fun. Gerard got a packet of markers from my older sister when I was 14. Oh my god, Gerard. Do you know what I did one year? My sister used to steal my DM boots all the time. And actually, by the way, used to kick me with them as well. Um, I was like, how can you be kicking me with my own shoes? How, where's the justice? Um, anyway, when I was about 14 as well, actually, Gerard. So for one Christmas, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to give her my DM boots that she steals all the time as her Christmas present. I genuinely didn't think that was a bad thing to do. Her face told me everything. So actually, I'm the giver of the terrible present. I'm not the receiver. Prince of Androgyny got given a battery charger. That is rubbish. Henry got given library books to be returned in 10 days. Henry, that is groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Slim got a hole punch with a stapler set. BBC Drayton. I feel like my dad buys a lot of presents for himself through me. <gasps> I'm a bit guilty of that this Christmas with my husband. I'm trying not to. The thing is, it's really hard to buy things for people you've been in a relationship with for a long time because you kind of, it's really hard to know what they want. And also things that they want, maybe you want. Maybe you've bought them something that actually you want. I'm sorry. Um, a sewing machine. I mentioned, this is KM747. I mentioned in passing I'd like to make pillows, didn't mean it. Oh, KM747, as someone who spent the whole of lockdown sewing, I think that's a great present, actually. Give it a go. Sanin Stang got a set of cutlery from my father when I was 10 years old. Amazing. Richard Richmond even got not mine but I gave my husband table mats one year never lived it down you're better than I am can I tell you Richmond I literally well I'll let you know how it goes down with this year's Christmas present and then on to messages from you. Ryan said about our coming out at work episode so good loved it inspired me to speak up at work about gender neutral bathrooms and pronouns etc it's so important <gasps> Ryan I love that and that is just so wonderful. I hope if anyone else has found that episode inspiring, let us know. And if you haven't listened, go and have a listen. The whole workplace thing is really hard. And I think um, it was a really helpful, helpful episode. We also, uh, so Joe Lysett managed to get a, a statement out of David Beckham after his Qatar thing, the way that he, you know, went to Qatar. David Beckham, I'm talking about, not Joe Lysett. Uh, and the statement was pretty, um, let me read it out to you. 
David has been involved in a number of World Cups and other major international tournaments, both as a player and an ambassador. And he's always believed that sport has the power to be a force for good in the world. Hello, he, David. He's talking about himself. Then he's not his. This isn't his statement, is it? By the sounds of things, uh, football, the most popular sport globally, has a genuine ability to bring people together and make a real contribution to communities. We understand that there are different and strongly held views about engagement in the Middle East, but see it we now, but we see it as a positive, as a positive, as positive that. Debate about the key issues has been stimulated directly by the world first World Cup being held in the region. We hope that these conversations will lead to greater understanding and empathy towards all people and that progress will be achieved. Well, what did you all think of that? Holy moly. Tom said, my PR opinion, why why'd he bother, says nothing not directly attributable to him. Because it's written in we, exactly. That's weird. Cowardly and shameful, says James. Bullshit, says Hegemony. What bollocks, says Arthur. Putabro is just bullshit. Becca man's money and doesn't have to care. Easy. Uh, Susie says, bollocks. You lot hate it. There are message after message after message. Thank you so much for all everyone writing. Bullshit. Beckham doesn't say or do anything. Bullshit's coming up a lot. Pure gaslighting. There's some fair points, but he hasn't written this, has he? He only holds weight if he donates. Tom says that. So a, a large chunk of the feed to charity. Thank you. Yes. Joel says, mentioning LGBTQI women's rights or women's rights would be good. Tallish Swimmer says, views such as gay people should be put in jail or executed. Seriously? A master class in avoidance, says Henry. Well, David, I'm not wishing you a Merry Christmas, but I am wishing you all a Merry Christmas, listeners. I want to know what you've got for Christmas. I want you to uh, send me photos of what you've got for Christmas. Oh, we got a lovely Christmassy picture as well. We need to put that on the Instagram. Someone lives in the most snowy, beautiful house in the world. Richard sent in a photo of their house and they said, I finally got to listen to the Adam K episode. Sorry, I've been falling behind on my listening. Richard, we forgive. Sharing per your request snowy location photos. This is a photo of my house a couple of nights ago. As you can see, you're right about the quality of light in the snow. Truly magical. Now, I realise I live in the US and snow here isn't as rare as in the UK. But as a Brit, I still get very excited when it snows in the upstate New York where I live. Hope you and the family have a wonderful holidays. And thank you for all your amazing, insightful, funny content this year. Richard, stop. Looking forward to more of you in 2023. That sounds like I'm going to start an OnlyFans, doesn't it? Richard, enjoy. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Richard, happy holidays as well. This is the most beautiful house I've ever seen. It's in, like on a snowy edge of a hill, a beautiful cabin. You have to see this. I'll put it on Instagram, um, everybody. Um, can I just say last week when there was the snow all here in the UK, the boiler broke down in the house, so we had no heating. And uh, then the hot water started pouring through my bedroom ceiling because, uh, well, I later discovered after days of research the exit pipe had frozen because of the snow so uh, i didn't have any hot water either it was a low point listeners but we are through that because now it seems to be relatively summary uh we need to go and chat to gareth so keep emailing hello at homo sapiens podcast.com instagram at homo sapiens send us your agony uncles if you want to get a last minute christmas present go to the homo sapiens store homo sapiens store.com and get the t-shirts people so it's now time for hun's net and a christmas special insert jingle bells here people or whatever's affordable. Sleigh bells. Much cheaper. Gareth, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. This is the Homo Sapiens Christmas special. Dead Christmassy in that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Feeling dead festive. I've, I've not been this close to tinsel in quite some time. So <laughs> I haven't been is... this flammable in months. Yeah. I wonder if people tell say this to you all the time, but I remember discovering Hunsnet and feeling like it spoke a language that I sort of half spoke anyway. Yeah. It tapped into something that was sort of staring us all in the face. I would say of queer culture, but I don't know if, if that's what you consider it to be. Yeah, I mean... The, the whole queer culture thing and, and Hun culture, um, it's so weird that there's people talk about Hun culture as, as if it's a thing now. Whereas yeah. when I started it about three or four, no, five years ago, it was, it was still like, what the hell is this? You know, yes. but, but it's definitely aligned itself or there are definite, you know, um, parallels with queer culture. One thing that I think is great about it is that it's, it's a bit of a space where, straight women culture and queer culture sort of crosses yeah and i think the one thing which i which i've loved about it is perhaps through content like this being put out that there's a there's a bit of a mutual respect for both of them as well well we are each other's yeah you know like the relationship between queer people and straight women is a beautiful thing yeah because there are people they were the first cheerleaders for us you know yeah you know and i think the great thing about hun culture um now is for example back when when i was a a young lad (laughs) way way back um it was set against you know a backdrop of Girls Aloud, Steps and everything. And I listened to your podcast with Glyn um, Mm. and he said, you know, it was about singing in your bedroom into your hairbrush back in then. But what Hun Culture does now and at places like Mighty Hoopla and and all of the events like that, it allows you to unashamedly revisit those moments and and it just be, you know, this riot of fun. But why were they... um, touchstones because we're exactly the same age do you say you're 14 yeah yeah so we're exactly the same age right so we went through the same pop culture moments we did and i'm thinking of so i was an intern at mtv when totally scott lee was being made i could speak about totally scott lee until the cows come home because there's so many facets to it and i think that there's there is a bit of undercurrent of when you look back at it under the lens of today and you know some, particularly some of the learnings that we've had over the last four or five years it was years. really unkind yeah yeah it was really not cool yeah but that moment where lisa scott lee gets the <laughs> which moment the result <laughs> where she gets told the result of yeah. her single and i think it's charted at 27 or something 23 shit 23. that is guys That's yeah really shit. <laughs> yes but me and my friend rich who i used to work with at mtv yeah like we used to just talk about that all the time. Yeah. And it's, it, I think of all the hours of television that are produced. And obviously I was working at MTV, but still like it, it stuck with me. Why did, why did the gays, why were we drawn to that? I just don't understand. Well, I think, I think it's, let's talk about Lisa. So Lisa on that show, you know, it was a big setup and she was set up to fail. I think the way that the media portrayed her at that time, mm. you know, it was all set up for her to not do well. And I think... For anyone who doesn't know, she was in Steps, right? Yeah. <laughs> not right. Still I in that. Steps. Still still in, oh, my God. Still in at steps. that time, she had left yeah, Steps, right? Left or they'd steps it all. To carve out a, a solo career. And yeah, there was this whole thing of they were going to offer a record deal, um, but as long as she charted top 10, or she had to give up music oh. forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. That was the premise, That was the it? premise. And then, you know, the it sort of all led up to her not making that top 10. And 
and then her you know having to quit music and that was the the premise of the show um but i think i think why lisa is one of the stars of hun culture now is because we are celebrating her again in a different way and exactly like you went mm. said was like actually it was actually quite iconic. I remember her song Electric and I loved it. Mm. I love it now. Mm. I actually think if I had the time and effort and really thought about it, that we should, as Huns, as queer people, grasp Lisa Scott Lee's Electric and in 2023, perhaps we should get it to number one where it should have been back then. Mm. Maybe well, we could do that. Or maybe Taylor Swift could cover it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> one sounds easier than the other. Yeah, yeah. And just for the un initiated there's so many hun puns oh, yeah <laughs> i know it's terrible happy christmas um <laughs> is, what is a hun so a hun i get off asked this quite a lot obviously and mm. and until i wrote my book i found it really hard to pull all of the references together for different mm. people because obviously how do you explain gail platt the saturday's mega mix the sugar babes reunion <laughs> And Chanel the parrot getting lost in lockdown. Oh, How do they all exist God. in this same world? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, being a Hun is, you you know, you're pop culture obsessed. You've got this whole, what am I like mentality <laughs> about you. Um, you know, you can either be a blatant Hun with live, love, laugh paraphernalia scattered around your house. I'm just looking here to see if there is any. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my house as far as it's Yeah, but it would be a lovely house. That's hun. Yeah. Uh, that candle is definitely hun. Little... That hun? That candle is yeah. hun, okay. Um, tinsel hun? Tinsel is very hun. Okay, good. Yeah. So you can either... You can either be a blazing hun and, you know, drive a Fiat 500 and go to Westfield, or you can live vicariously yeah. through other huns, you know. So when celebrities make faux pas, you know, the whole Gemma Collins culture and all like that, you know, yes. you can celebrate that and that allows you to be a hun. Um, but I think at the, the, what underpins all of, underpins all of it, sorry. Should we leave the hun puns there? This could take no, a while. No, it's great. I love it. It's Christmas. We've got to it's do Christmas, it It's Christmas, yeah. yeah. Christmas is hun. Anything camp. Yeah. Um, what underpins it all is I, I think that there's a real laughing with, not laughing at. And I think there's a real nice bit of heart underneath it. Warmth. Well, there's, I suppose, is it that uh, those things that can be disregarded as kind of maybe a bit, fluffy and pointless and stuff is actually a real refuge i know it's also about it's about straight women as well but a, a lot of that stuff has been a refuge for queer people like glenn singing into his hairbrush yeah to songs that were considered just throwaway pop actually yeah. was glenn finding who he is yeah. you know and and it being a massive part of what he does now with the business mm, creating that festival yes where people can come and unashamedly live their best lives yes is it's brilliant. I remember Grimmy talking about when he was talking about his book, saying that like I think it was when Children in Need was on or something. He'd make a whole night out of it and he'd like do the snacks and stuff. Yeah. And it's like it's that access. Camp is actually an access to finding yourself. And yeah, I think there's a lot of crossover between camp and Hun, isn't there? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. But was there? Did Hun exist? I didn't realize Hun existed as a phrase before you came about. I didn't realize yeah, that was I a mean, thing. Yeah, I mean, I want to be really clear for for everybody. I didn't for in, lawyers, in, for the lawyers, and for everybody else, and for <laughs> all of the other amazing accounts. Um, I definitely didn't come up with with Hun culture, but I but I'm definitely one of the people who champions it. Um, I think where it came from is you know let's go back to 
the mid noughties when social media started to permeate and you know and and all of those uh, I, I don't know but yeah, re- I don't have Facebook anymore but mm. I remember no. deleting Facebook and going through some of my old things that I would put on and you know Gareth is going out tonight and going to yes. get so drunk and all like this and you, and we lived our lives so overtly on on Facebook and I think the whole hun thing came from uh Gareth is so pissed off and then somebody would obviously write underneath, you okay, hun? PM yeah, me, babes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that that was the moment where it, you know, people started, found a little bit of joy in that whole saying. Yes. And then from then it's just sort of erupted into all of these references where the queer references feed into and, you know. It sort of embodied a person we all knew, yeah, didn't it? You all know a different type of hun. And yes. I think, you know, um, in my book I talk about sort of five categories, four or five categories of Huns. And you've got like, <laughs> it's so silly that we've been talking about this, but I love it. I feel so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, you've got the the basic Hun, which is Fiat 500 territory, you know, yeah. trips to Westfield, as I mentioned, Pizza Express voucher codes. Then you've got like your badass boss bitch Hun, which is like got a tanning business. She's a Prosecco drinker um, and all like that. Then you've got like your Hun royalty, which is your parents, you know, your Pam from Gavin and Stacey, she's yeah. total Hun, your Sharon from EastEnders. Um, and then, you know, there's another category where you're like, I call it a transcend Hun, where you could just be any one of those Huns at any different times and it doesn't even matter. <laughs> a shape-shifting Hun. A shape-shifter, trailblazer. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Name me some some of your North Star Huns. So I call it my my trilogy of Huns. So like everybody loves different Huns for different reasons. And in mine, you've got Lisa Scott Lee. Yeah. She's definitely there because I just love her. I think she's brilliant. I think she embodies camp. I think Lisa, I look at her and I know that she just loves being a pop star. Yeah. And I love that. I yeah. love that. And I celebrate that. So it's definitely Lisa. Victoria Beckham. Yeah. Because she has been all of these different Huns throughout her life. She's a Camille Hun. Yeah. I've never said that before, but I'm going to keep that in. She's a Camille Hun. the next book. She is, yes. <laughs> the Life and Times of Vicky, Vicky B. Um, and what I love about Vicky is, you know, she's been a Spice Girl, so there's nothing more camp than that. Yeah. You know, she's had the choppy, choppy bob, dead funky and fresh loads of layers for when she went to, um, when she went to America. She's had a pop career. Yeah. And, you know, she's married a footballer. She's got kids with, with, with unusual names. And now she's sort of moved uh, up the ranks there. So she's sort of embodied all of these people at different times throughout her career. And then, uh, and then the, the other point of the triangle on the trilogy is, is Ruth Langsford. Oh, uh, right. 
because she is she's just she got a QVC range. Let's you know leave, let's leave it there. She's kind of like Mother Hun, isn't she? Yeah, she? she's like yeah, she's like Grand Grandmother Hun. Not, not not a grand. Well, I don't know. Well, she's, she might be. She might be. So she lives in Weybridge. She does. And uh, my mum lived in Weybridge for a bit, and it was like and my mum used to go to the same hairdresser as her, oh, God. and it was very like. Ruth gets her hair done here. Yeah, it was like a big thing. And everyone ended up coming out looking like Ruth Langsford. What, what, like big, like, thing, clippings? Feathered around their face. You know, dead fresh, funky fresh, you know. (laughs) What I love about this is I don't have any hair for for just the listeners, and I'm wearing a Christmas hat. And very hun is to tuck your fringe behind your ear when you're talking. And so this is... But in in terms of a transformation, Victoria Beckham has been... Because now she's, like, you know, wearing... Margella trouser suits and yeah. everything's black and stripped back. Yeah. And, but she, we need, you know, I'm sure everyone can remember, but she was very fake tan. Bodycon dresses. Yes. <laughs> She's been through a journey. She has. Now, because I know that you're very funny on social media, who out of the Huns have interacted with you? Because I know we're still waiting for a Vicky B. Nod, aren't we? We are. Um, so unfortunately, um, staying with Vicky for a second, she is now in full sales mode isn't she on, right. on social media she? so she's okay. selling selling you a new cajole eyeliner um and, oh. a, and a new um clutch bags that she's currently pushing at the moment but i absolutely love sales victoria sales <laughs> sales victoria she will literally she is ready to bring you in you know she's ready to sell her products for, for you but what I want to do is I, I use it when she's in sales mode to just ask her some really pedestrian <laughs> questions underneath. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so with the new bags that she's selling at the moment, I think I commented once and I just, I just want to like, I don't even want to respond. I just yeah. want to like, and I was like, Vicky, I was like, cause I, I either call her like Vicky B or Tori Bex. They right. are my hun names for her. And I'm like, <laughs> Vicky, um, that's lovely. But do you think it'll go nice with my yellow kappa jacket? She just doesn't get back to me, unfortunately, <laughs> but Vicky, if you are listening to this, I just want to know how many pot noodles you can fit in that clutch bag. Get back to me. PM me, babes. <laughs> Who has messaged? Because Lisa Scott Lee obviously did like a foreword for the book, right? She did, so yeah. there's a relationship there. Yeah, Anyone yeah, else? Yeah. Um, uh, Ruth, Ruth and I have, have a chat. Shut up. We do. I met her for the first time at Ryland's book launch and I was beyond starstruck. She came in with Lizzie Cundy. I mean, that is Hun. Yes, Lizzie Cundy. Lizzie Cundy is Hun. Um, and she came in and do you know what? She was an absolute class act. She was came she? in. She was so lovely. Before she went, she said goodbye and she was, she really made Classy. an effort. She, yeah, she was, she was a class act. So. Yeah. Tell me about your friendship with Ryland because I don't feel like I know enough about it. But your close friends, is that right? Um, no, we're friends. We, yeah. he's he's Ryland's a massive hun. Yeah, of course. Yes. Um and um, he's always sort of supported my my silly little squares on Instagram, oh. which is great. Um, we did the podcast and we've got a lot of the same references and he's obsessed with Scylla saying, she's a journalist, ladies and gentlemen, not a blind danger at all. Um, <laughs> and I'm obsessed with that moment as well. So we bonded over that. Um, and yeah, we went to his book launch, which was like the annual general meeting of Huns. Yeah. There was Nadine Coyle there. There was <gasps> Vanessa Feltz with the boots off. Um, Lizzie Cundy. Oh it was brilliant. Yeah. God. So it was all my Hun fantasies coming true. Wow. Um, but he's fun. Yeah. He's, he's a really great guy. And it's quite an interesting story how it all started. Well, I mean, we've got to go back to the beginning because um, underneath all of this, I am literal cheese, like underneath all of this. like So my childhood ambition, I sort of realised when I was 17 years old and ran away to the seaside and became a pontoon's blue coat. (laughs) 
No, there's nothing more camp than that, is yeah. there? And then I realised pretty quickly that, you know, by the time I got to 25, I was like, can't live in the seaside next to a funfair, which makes your TV go when they're on the waltzes. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> need to move. And then I went back to Wales where I grew up um, and applied for a job in H&M and I couldn't get it because my only experience was sort of entertaining people in holiday parks. Right. So plot twist, I went to the Dominican Republic and was a wedding planner for a couple of years and then came back. Um, a friend of mine had a production company and they were like, we're going to send out singers and uh, entertainers to Greece. Um, and I went and worked in Rhodes for a couple of years. So you were singing? Yes. Right. Yes. I don't anymore. And I'm, and the pop career is over. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, well, never started. Totally, totally <laughs> Scott Lead. Got totally style. Scott Lead. Yeah. Um, and there was this moment of my life where I'd been living out of suitcases for a couple of, you know, for far too long. And I was like, I need to sort of lay down some roots. Mm. So worked for a number of years in different production companies, sort of supplying the leisure industry travel industry we sort of putting together entertainment concepts for people okay and different brands um and then in 2017 um i became the head of entertainment for tui travel right um which is a, a global travel company and very very lucky got to travel the world stay in all these nice places and they've got hotels all across the world and we would work with the hotel partners to what entertainment suitable for the guests that I we were see. sending and long story short is I absolutely hated it and right I, and I was like shit I was in a really precarious situation because I was like this is great money I just bought my house mm. And I really felt backed into, into a corner. I really hated it. Um, I'm, you know, not ashamed to say that my mental health took a, a bit of a nosedive. And mm. that's when I've started um, making memes to make myself laugh and, and my friends laugh. And mm. a couple of other accounts had popped up online. And I was like, oh, I think I've got a point of view on this. Started doing that. Left Tui in, in March 2020. Yeah. I came back to London I was going to be working on a a touring show and unfortunately um the pandemic hit it's also recent I feel like you've been around for so much longer yeah I mean it it's sort of the pandemic sort of fast forwarded it for <laughs> yeah. me because I was in a situation where I went from working five days a week in a brand new job been working there nine days mm. and then were uh, lady covid paid us a visit <laughs> so yeah they were like we'll keep you on but you can only work three days and i was like shit what am i gonna do yeah. and it was like that going right well i've got a little bit of a following online yeah how can i it was yeah i hate this you know, you know what i'm about to say but how can i hustle this and make yeah. some money out of it started selling merchandise and then through the pandemic then we started doing these online events and i found that you know we were having 500 logins from around the country on a friday night and people were partying in their living rooms, you know, mm. and it was all of the Hun hits and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And was this you just playing music? Playing music. Um, we played bingo. We did a quiz every week Great. with them. So it was basically me leaning back onto what I was doing at Pontins, but in a virtual setting. Cool. And yeah, and then there was that moment. Do you remember that weird moment in the pandemic where they were like, you can't go out after 10 o'clock? Yes. Um, so I was like, right, well, nobody wants to go to a club or can go to a club. So what would happen if we got these people who we'd been dialing in every yeah. week in a in a setting? And that's where my Hun Brunch right. came th through. And, and I soon realised by seeing the people in front of me that they're not people who want to be out until four o'clock in the morning in the club because yeah. they're mums, they're you know, their friends from school, their, yes. you know, their, their girls and their gays. And, um, and then, yeah, sort of Hun Brunch sort of came out of that. And we brought in drag, we, you know, drag performances, um, a singer, silly 
prizes for people to win, you mm. know, like a rose gold toaster uh, that's shaped like a handbag is one of the... Uh, I'm going to give away air fryers really? for Christmas. Yeah, they're, they're very hun. That's um, great. And then, yeah, and then from that then, I really noticed that there was a community underneath all of this because, you know, you look at it quickly on Instagram and it's like, oh, these are silly jokes. Mm. But what I'm really passionate about is the people who are underneath it and the things that we spoke about earlier and, you know, this being a safe space for for queer people and and, mm. and straight women to come and lose themselves and have a common language exactly it is like finding a language that's yeah. what i think i when i first found it is it feels like a language i already spoke yeah it's like it's like you know and this is you know christmas coming up and this being the christmas episode you know it's things like picky bits you yeah, know like picky bits picky bits, picky is, bits picky yeah. bits is something that we just some picky bits yeah you know, like a you know and and that's a language that we all speak, but it's like just pulling that out and finding the humour in that. Yes. Because I actually thought, I, I can't remember because it was a long time ago, like when you first started, but I thought you were actually a friend of a friend. Did you? Because he talks like that. <laughs> and I was like, I re- and he's so talented and clever. I was like, I bet he has set this up. Yeah. Because you were you anonymous at first? I was anonymous yeah. at first. And the reason why I was anonymous was because I was working in this corporate job. Yeah. So I was making memes into the desk and I was thinking, I can't yeah. I can't be pushing out content about Lisa Scott Lee <laughs> and talking sort of with hoteliers in in yes. Greece, you know. So um it, you know, this is an emerging thing, this whole Hun culture thing. So it's it's a bit of a, you know, back back at the beginning, I didn't know where it was going. You know, my humour, you know, things that I would laugh about with my gay mates, yeah. you know, was kind of a lot of it at the beginning. And then I realised actually that my audience is 80% female. And I'm very much respectful of that now, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of mums and stuff like that. So I'm not going to go too graphic on some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, but I used to. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remained anonymous because I didn't know, kind of know what was happening with it. And yeah. then a friend of mine said to me, if you put your face to this, mm. this could be pretty, this could go somewhere different than where it is. Right. And I really struggled with that because I'm uh, I'm 40 and you know what, what it's like when you get a little bit older, you're like, oh, I can't be that bloke who makes <laughs> silly memes on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I am that silly bloke who makes memes well, on good Instagram. good on you. Yeah. I think it's great. Christmas special, end of part one, everybody. Go back to the feed and get your festive part two. It's waiting there for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.